Hello and welcome to Tea and Chat, the British English podcast that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the hot topic of the month for August and this will be the last hot topic for season one of Tea and Chat. Uh, as usual, I did a poll over on my Instagram at Tea and Chat Podcast and asked you guys what would you like to do or what would you like me to talk about for the hot topic of the month. I gave you two options and you guys made your decision and that decision was travel tips. And I love it. I'm so excited for this podcast. You know what? I love talking about traveling. I love actually traveling. So this is just great for me. I know I've kind of already mentioned like holidays and things like that. But do you know what? When else are you going to talk about these things other than summer? It's the perfect time. So I might as well. Now, the tips I'm giving you are going to be like a little bit general. You might have even heard some of them or a lot of them before. But you know, this is still good for you for your English practice. And also, I have done a little bit of traveling in my few years on this planet. So hopefully I can tell you something that you didn't know before. And maybe you're not a frequent flyer. Maybe you're not someone who travels a lot. So maybe you've never heard any of these tips, but you're about to venture on your first plane trip and you would like some advice. So this will be perfect for you to listen to today because I'm going to give you so many tips. Now, when I say travel tips, I'm talking also like specifically about the process of traveling, not necessarily like while you are on holiday, because that's a whole different kettle of fish. Like I could talk about that as a separate episode, but honestly, you guys already voted for the next episode for Culture Week. And that was for things to do in London, the best things to do in London. So while I'm making that episode, I might also just throw in a few tips of what to do if you're a tourist uh, in a foreign country or specifically in London and some advice for that too. But let's get straight into it. For travel tips, we have to go way back before you even set foot on that plane, before you even try to think about going to another country. We're going to talk about the booking process because booking a flight or booking a trip can be almost as stressful <laughs> as actually doing it. No, okay, that's a bit of a joke, but like often, and, and hear me out now, if you're a lady and you're listening to this, so if you're a lady, hi, welcome to my podcast. If you've got a, a husband, a boyfriend, another male family member, you might find that you are often the one who has to plan these things. You are the travel planner of the family. Now, I'm not being sexist by any means here, but I do feel <laughs> like a lot of women get this responsibility given to them to plan a trip. Now, if you're a man and you like planning, then kudos to you. I'm really happy to hear that because we need more of those kind of people in our life. No, I'm just kidding. I love planning trips. It's something that I just, absolutely love. I think it's part of the process. It really gets you excited because before you've even gone, you already get to look at the places that you get to see, the places that you are considering staying at. You're getting the excitement of booking your plane ticket. 
I love that. That's great. So for me, I do really enjoy planning trips, but I do understand that it can be stressful. So there are some things that we should probably take into consideration to try and reduce that stress. So first of all, starting off with the plane ticket. Now, I don't know about you, but I think, you know, it's the 21st century. So these days, everyone is booking their plane ticket online. I don't even know how else you could book a plane ticket. I mean, I assume by telephone, but maybe your grandma still does that, but I don't think anyone else does that. So when you go to book a plane ticket online, where do you start? Hmm, good question. Now, everybody will have their own opinion on these different things, but personally, I have my favorite website and my favorite method of doing this. And I love to start by going to a website called Skyscanner. And this website is great for looking up prices of flights and trying to find the cheapest flight. So when you go to select a date, you can select the cheapest month, the cheapest date. So if you don't have a set date that you're like really certain, like I really want to travel on the 12th of November. Like if, if you are open to traveling on different days, maybe even different months, then you will be able to find yourself a much better deal than if you limit yourself in that way. So first of all, I do this. I normally set my settings to um, the any date in one month because I might already know, okay, I want to travel in September, for example, to England. So I'll do any date in that month, uh, going there and returning there and then see what are the cheapest dates. So that's why I love Skyscanner because straight away it does that for you. It compares a load of different airlines. So you can compare all the different airlines, see the different prices. And I just think it makes it very simple for you. Um, you might have a preference for a certain airline. That can be good and that can be bad because that means you're not opening yourself up to the possibility of a cheaper airline. But it can be good um, because maybe you already know like there are certain things about that airline that you don't like. Maybe you had a bad experience with them, maybe you had a cancellation. Fair enough, we all have our preferences. I can understand that. But I do suggest, first of all, by looking on Skyscanner, seeing which airlines are the cheapest on what days. Now, before you jump straight in and click on that book now button, stop, pause. <laughs> Don't book through these secondhand websites. And this is my personal advice, but I've also heard other people say it. It's always, always, always better to book directly through the airline's website. Now, that raises many questions. Maybe you could have just gone straight to your favorite airline's website, clicked in dates, blah, blah, blah. But those websites with the airlines don't make it easy for you to find the cheapest dates. And like I said, you might not even know what the cheapest airline is to that country or to your destination. So start with Skyscanner. Then once you find the cheap airline, the one that you want to go with, go to their website, double check the price, see if it matches Skyscanner. You'll often see that there's probably a slight difference. Um, that's because Skyscanner might also try to book you through another third party website for that airline. So you end up going through a string of different uh, websites. So that's why it's better to book through the airline itself. Not only for that reason, but I'll tell you why, because I have an experience of this myself. So the first holiday that I booked entirely by myself was 
for Turkey. So from London to Antalya in Turkey. And this was the first holiday that I, I planned myself entirely. And I decided to go to a website called Expedia. You may have heard Expedia, often Expedia and Booking.com. Um, they are quite similar, so people use both of them. So I went to Expedia because I knew, uh, I know you can find good deals on there. And I booked through a third party website, which I believe was uh, Thomas Cook maybe. And so I just booked through everything through Expedia. Um, it was really, really good. Everything looked perfect. I was super happy. I looked into the details. Um, it did, I believe, say that I had luggage included, things like that. So I was like, great, great, great. Uh, went to Turkey. Everything was fine with the airline. Then upon my return at the airport, I got stopped and told that I hadn't paid for my luggage. And I just freaked out. I was like, what do you mean I haven't paid for my luggage? It literally said in my booking that I paid for my luggage, like, or I just assumed that it was included. And I was like, what do you mean? I came here and I didn't have to pay for it. So actually that was a while ago. So I'm not exactly sure what happened even to this date, but I think the airline only paid for my luggage one way and not the other. So it was very confusing. I was not happy because I had to pay a lot of money. Um, that's another piece of advice, you know, always weigh your luggage before you go to the airport. If you're going with a family member or a friend and your luggage does happen to be just over the max limit, my best advice to you is open up that suitcase do not be embarrassed, do not be ashamed that there are loads of people waiting in line watching you. Just open up that suitcase, take out whatever you can and shove it into your friends or your family's suitcase. Yeah, I know they ask you, did you pack your suitcase yourself? And it kind of gives you that kind of scared vibe like, of course I did, who else would have it been? And then next thing you know, you're just shoving your stuff into someone else's suitcase in front of their eyes. But normally they won't say anything, they won't complain. I've seen loads of people do it. I, my own sister did it because she packed over the weight and put stuff into my suitcase and the airport staff didn't blink an eye. They were totally fine with it because it happens to the best of us. Now, if you're traveling alone, you can't do this. And maybe if you're way over the limit, then you still can't do this. So I always suggest having a, a pair of luggage scales, at least at your home so that you can measure your suitcase before you go on holiday. Obviously, when you're coming back, it could be a little bit more difficult, but maybe in your hotel, in your Airbnb, wherever you're staying, see if they just have even regular weighing scales and try the suitcase on there. It's best to be sure of these things because if you want to pay for luggage in the airport, it's so expensive. If you find out that you are going to be overweight with your luggage, then it is usually much cheaper to pay for it online in advance. So if you find out, crap, <laughs> I'm over by like five kilograms or 10 kilograms, then you just log in online to your flight information and there should be an option to upgrade your luggage and it will normally be at least half of the cost than what you have to pay at the airport. So that's my first piece of advice for you. Always book directly through the airline if you can. Um, I didn't always have a negative experience booking the other way because I did book through Expedia um, for my flight to Japan and that was a pretty big flight 
And I got quite lucky. Strangely enough, I had a flight from London to Italy and Italy to uh, Tokyo, to Japan. And I don't know how. <laughs> I booked the cheapest tickets they had, but I ended up in business class for my trip from London to Italy. Sadly, yes, it was the shorter part of my trip, but it was still highly unexpected because I was paying the cheapest price. So I don't know whether there was an issue there or what, but maybe you can find some benefit from booking through a third party website like this because it meant that I had a really good start to my very long journey. I got to sit in the business lounge in the airport and just relax before my flight took off. Which again is another piece of advice. Um, if you can pay for the lounge or try and find an upgrade for that, then that can be quite enjoyable. <laughs> I don't know if I would pay for it outright because to be honest, it is just a bunch of like uh, recliner seats, comfy chairs, and then normally they'll give you some small breakfast, um, like some cereal, maybe some hot food, a drink, something like that. But it's nothing like too fancy. It's just nice because it's very quiet in there. Airports can normally be quite busy. So it's just a nice place to go away and relax for a minute. Going out of the airport again, going back to before you've left. When you're booking for accommodation, of course, I do still suggest you use things like Expedia, Booking.com. They are often cheaper, I believe, than booking through the actual hotel. Um, personally, if you don't already know, I love to book Airbnbs. I haven't always had the perfect experience with them, but overall I have. And so I've once again booked two Airbnbs for my stay in London. So hopefully they'll turn out good. Personally, I just really enjoy it. I think you get much more for your money than if you stay at a hotel where it's just a boring room with a bed and a TV and a crappy shower. <laughs> Uh, Airbnb you can pay for more unique experiences or just a house that looks really nice and you end up with like a whole apartment or a whole house which is probably going to be half the price than what you would pay just for a crappy little hotel room. As for actually packing your suitcase, this is a big deal and I realized that so many people don't put any thought into this. So many of my students, they're going on holiday and I'm like, oh my gosh, have you started packing yet? And they're like, no, I'm going to pack the day of or the day before. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> Why would you do this? Um, that's like my organized brain just panicking. Why would you pack the day before your trip? You can so easily forget something. But it, apparently so many people do this. Probably you listening right now are guilty of this. And yeah, it's shocking to me. When I was younger, around like 12, 13, 14, 15, this age, I went to visit my dad in Florida because he lives there. And packing was the best part of preparation for the trip. I would go to the shop, to Primark, because <laughs> that's all I could afford back then. Go to Primark, no way, I'm kidding. I still love Primark and I'm going when I go back to London. Go to Primark, get myself some new swimsuits, get myself some new summer clothes, pack my suitcase two weeks in advance. Yes, you heard that right. I used to pack my suitcase two weeks in advance. It helped me actually get super excited for the holiday because it felt like I was going on holiday. Like I could look at my suitcase and be like, oh, 
there's all my holiday clothes. I'm going to be going on holiday soon. It's starting to feel real. It's really exciting. Um, so for me, that's a big deal. And uh, I fly out to London in one month. So no, I have not started packing yet, but I believe I will probably start at least a week before we leave. I definitely wouldn't leave it less than a week because I just think there are so many things you can forget. So when it comes to a suitcase, if you want to buy a suitcase, don't buy a black one because everyone has a black one. And if you lose it, that's gonna be troublesome unless you put some colorful ribbon on it, which I also do advise. Also make sure to get one with four wheels. These days, a lot of suitcases have four wheels. Much, much better decision than a two wheel suitcase. Trust me, it will save your arms and your back from getting extremely tired. I'm so happy that I made the decision to get a four wheel suitcase. Best decision I made and if I ever buy another one, I will continue to do that. They're usually the same price nowadays as two wheel suitcases or maybe even cheaper. And I mean, there are lots of tips for actually packing your suitcase, like rolling your clothes and using packing lists. I always search in Google for a packing list and I can't remember the exact one I used, but I picked the one that has the most stuff on it because yes, I might not end up packing everything. I mean, I definitely won't, but it's really helpful to see all the things that I might need and just kind of sort through that and tick off what I actually need so that I don't forget anything. For example, travel adapters. People forget this all the time. I'm actually worried I might forget it for my trip next month. When you go to another country, you need adapters for the chargers that you have for your phones, for any electronics that you're bringing. Very important, but people often forget it. Okay, so we've prepared for our flight. Now we want to check in. Always try and check in online before you go to the airport if you can. It'll probably save you a lot of time because nowadays, once you go to the airport, there are kind of self-service machines maybe where you can wear your suitcase and it ends up being a really simple process if you've checked in online. Also arrived to the airport early. I have missed a flight in my life. Uh, I was very young, so I wasn't responsible for it at that time. But yes, it was not a fun experience to miss a flight by five minutes. So make sure you arrive at the airport with plenty of time to spare. Um, especially if you're going on an international flight, the, the time to arrive at an airport is always earlier than if you're just going on a domestic flight. So personally, if I'm going on an international flight, I like to be at the airport at least four hours before my flight takes off. So I have plenty of time to check in, go through security, and then just be able to relax in the duty-free area. If you do find yourself in a situation where you have your flight delayed or your flight canceled, that really sucks. Um, I haven't really been in that situation very often. I've had my flight delayed before by, I think it was like four hours, so it was quite a long time. And I wasn't really happy about that because that flight was actually my flight to Canada to move to Canada. So as you can imagine, I was so excited for this trip. And then I go to check in and they're like, oh, there's a four hour delay on your flight. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> and I mean, to be fair to them, I think it was because of a snowstorm in uh, Toronto because it was January. So it made sense. I wasn't too mad. I was just a little bit disappointed because it meant that I was going to be at that airport for a very, very long time. But luckily they did give out a meal ticket to everyone who was booked on that flight. So I ended up having a really nice meal. 
in the airport um, at one of my favorite restaurants that I've mentioned before, which is Wagamama's, which I'm really excited to visit next month. Um, so I had a really nice bowl of ramen and I was able to just relax and eat my meal. Um, so that's good. So sometimes, you know, if you have these problems where there are delays or cancellations, you can normally get something from it. And I know it doesn't replace the fact that there was a delay or a cancellation, but sometimes it's really out of their control. You know, if there's a snowstorm, there's a snowstorm. The air hostess or the airport staff can't do anything about that. They are concerned for your safety. And so like, there is no point getting angry or arguing. Um, just see, you know, be really down to earth, be really calm, just ask them if there's anything we can do for you. Um, obviously if there's cancellation, I know that maybe you might be able to get like access to a hotel or if there's a delay of like one day, maybe they might pay for your hotel, but I've never had that happen to me. So I'm not sure how that would work. Before you get on the plane, um, you might want to think about what's in your carry-on, whether that's a tiny little carry-on suitcase or your actual bag, backpack, whatever it is, make sure that you pack that just as well as you pack your main suitcase. Because in that spare bag, you want entertainment. If you're gonna be on an eight or 12 hour flight, you need stuff to keep you entertained. Even if that's like crosswords and Sudoku, which normally might be for your grandma, but for today, this is going to be your form of entertainment on top of books, on top of music, anything that you can find that entertains you and will help you uh, survive the boredom of a 12 hour plane journey. Make sure you pack it in your bag. I normally pack a ton of stuff like this. Um, lots of different puzzles for me to do, a book to read, a notebook for me to write in, my headphones with my downloaded Spotify playlist, just to make sure I'm entertained. But always make sure if you're on one of these long flights that you get a plane that has a TV in it in the seat in front of you. And I know that sounds really shallow. I'm not even someone that owns a TV, but personally, I think this is really important, which is why I do have a preference for um, my airline traveling between Canada and England. There are two airlines that are basically the same price, but I know one of them doesn't offer TVs in the seats, which I just can't handle. <laughs> if I'm on an eight hour flight, I need some help with entertaining myself. So I really appreciate having the TV where I can just waste some extra time watching a couple of two hour movies that will really, really, really help to pass that time. So yeah, make sure you have entertainment in your check-in bag. Make sure you bring snacks to take on the plane because you do not want to be hungry, trust me. I'm someone who likes to eat, make sure you have snacks. Um, do not buy snacks on the plane, that's a really bad idea. If you can, buy the snacks before you even get to that airport. Buy the snacks a few days in advance, put them in your carry-on bag from your local supermarket, whether that's chocolate, crisps, something healthier like fruit, and bring it with you because security does not stop you for food. So they stop you for water, so don't bring water, but they don't stop you for food. So buy food beforehand. Even if you forget and you buy it in the airport, in the duty-free, it's definitely going to be much more expensive, but it's still going to be cheaper than if you buy snacks on the plane. Talking about water, it's also a really good idea to just bring an empty water bottle. They won't stop you for that. Um, you can just fill that up once you get through to the duty-free section, to the lounge, uh, even on the airplane. I haven't actually done this one before, but I know that I should. It's a really good idea. I always just make sure to buy water in duty-free because airplanes make you really, really dehydrated. 
and so you need to drink like double the amount of liquid i definitely recommend it you don't want to be dehydrated when you arrive in your destination it's only going to contribute to the jet lag make you feel worse so make sure you're having like a good amount of carbs and a good amount of water just to keep you sane <laughs> but also it really does help with the jet lag also in your carry-on make sure to bring some comfy clothes I always love to bring some pajama socks. You might want to bring an extra t-shirt if you have an overnight flight, which I do. Um, you might want to bring some face wash or your toothbrush, toothpaste, hairbrush. If you're a woman, you might want to even bring makeup or some skincare products. I definitely recommend bringing moisturizer. Like I said, airplane can be really dehydrating. Um, even one time on my flight to Japan, it was a very, very long journey. So I literally bought a face mask, <laughs> the one that you just place on your face. And I must have looked so scary on that airplane. But it is important to um, take care of like your skin and your hydration during a flight. So I do recommend it, even if I might not do it again. <laughs> so that's kind of the main point. I would also say while you're on the plane, make sure you're moving, make sure you're walking. I know some people literally sit down for the whole journey of a really long plane and don't even get up. I don't understand that. Don't feel scared to ask the people to move so that you can go for a walk, so that you can go to the bathroom. It's really important to get your circulation going. You can develop some different problems if you don't. For example, I am going to buy some special socks this trip just to make sure that my blood is moving and I have a good circulation um, because I don't want to take any risks there. So make sure you're moving, make sure you have comfy clothes, make sure you layer clothes because planes can be quite cold. Um, also, don't think that the aisle seat is the worst because I think the aisle seat is pretty good. If you've already been on a plane many times, I think the effect of sitting next to the window can kind of wear off anyway. And you'll probably find that the aisle seat is better because you could just easily get up, easily do what you want and you also get a little bit more extra leg room. You know, if you're a tall person like me, and there's no one walking down the aisle, you might be able to stretch your legs out a bit better too. So that's a top tip. Okay, that's all of my travel tips for uh, this episode today. As you can see, most of them were just related to traveling on an airplane um, because that's kind of the main form of transportation when it comes to holidays these days. So I just wanted to give some tips. Maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't. Um, I am going to stop it there though because otherwise this episode will go on forever and I know you guys quite appreciate the length of these episodes so I want to try and keep it to that. Like I said there will be another episode coming soon about uh, my advice for the top places to visit in London so you're going to have two episodes in quite a short period of time because I kind of need to catch up a bit so <laughs> I hope you enjoy those. These are both related to being on holiday so hopefully it gets you in the mood for that if you're still going on holiday. And yeah, apart from that, I'll see you in the next episode and thank you for listening.